Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants, Pershaw, Worcestershire. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and uh, hopefully answer some of your gardening quandaries on the way. This week's diary lists another busy week. Our beautiful border entry at the BBC Gardener's World Special in Birmingham received a gold medal award. Thanks uh, to the skilled staging of our Lovely Rose Precious series from Wharton's by Val and her daughter Molly Kreisman. They did an excellent job and were kept very busy too, I might add, along with Neil Gow and several other people answering a string of questions through the day. The uh, Precious Rose Amber proved uh, very popular, I think because of its range of colour tones and, of course, It has the most fragrant of the three that we had on display. There was a lot of interest too in Verbena Margaret's memory. We've just heard that this novelty is in the top selling plants. Uh, Very reassuring, that is. I was pleased to get that news. Our colourful rose bed was also the site selected by the Rose Society UK to present its annual Premier Award, the Dean Hole Gold Medal for outstanding services to the world of roses and this year it went to Colin Squire, OBE, the founder of uh, Squire's Garden Centre chain and host for some years to uh, the Rose Society's uh, summer show. There was a funeral also last week of Bob Bickerdyke who with his uh, brother were pioneer garden centre operators who also took over the famous heritage fruit company, Laxton and Banyards. I've still got a 1930s copy of a Banyards fruit catalogue and refer to it too on occasions to uh, use the line drawings. They're a great help to identify some of the uh, old apple cultivars. Sad news too of the untimely death of Pat Coots, a powerhouse of a lady who ran uh, our most significant horticultural trade show at Jodrell Bank called Four Oaks. We're going to miss Pat, I think. And it's ironic that last year Four Oaks was cancelled, this year it was cancelled, and uh, hopefully next year it will, third time lucky, operate, and it'll be the 50th anniversary. On a more cheerful note, a visit was made to the Curley family business 
to see their latest bread novelties, including croissants, petunias, power daisies, namisha, lavender and osteospermum. I left with my head spinning trying to remember everything seen and heard. There are, for example, more than ten different series of petunias, each one of the series bred for a specific purpose, some upright, some trailing, others ground covering, in so many different colours. Wherever I go, there's so much to learn. Now, on to our Q&A section, received by email to uh, thisweekinthegarden at gmail.com. This week, a useful tip from Jennifer Hall in Northumberland, who writes, First of all, thank you for your podcast. It's the highlight of my Thursday, pottering in the garden and listening to you on my headphones. I wonder whether your listeners would be interested in this tip to cure green water in ponds. Jen, I'm sure there will be people who are very keen to get tips on this. We get uh, quite a lot of questions about it uh, through the summer months. I buy a bag of watercress leaves from the supermarket, tip it into a large glass container of water and stand on the windowsill for a week to ten days. In that time, a lot of the shoots form roots, so I rinse them, then throw them in the pond. It works quicker if you put the rooted pieces in a colander under any water feature. But either way, they clear uh, an average-sized pond of green algae in a fortnight. Unfortunately, it doesn't work on blanket weed. (laughs) There we are. Uh, That is a problem. Uh, Thanks for that. I have come across something like this before with um, a gardener running water from a pool pump into sand as it returned to the pond and growing watercress in the sand, which he actually cut and used as a salad crop. My brother also grows watercress, but in a bowl of water, and he finds it's necessary to feed with miracle Grow if you want to get plenty of lush green shoots to cut. I mean, this indicates that watercress will take up a lot of nitrogen, and removing this from pond water will reduce the green algae. All very useful. If you have a question, comment or tip, well then, uh, write to us. This week in the garden at gmail.com. I'm very pleased to welcome as our guest on the podcast today, Joe Davey, who is marketing manager for Wharton's Roses. I think now without question, the largest wholesale grower of roses in the country. And from what I could see when I walked the fields recently, They were absolutely fantastic, a wonderful crop. Now then, Joe, how are things in sunny Norfolk today? Is it sunny? No, it isn't, sadly. (laughs) It's still Norfolk. It's overcast and uh, now we're desperate for a little bit of sunshine. I mean, all that summer rain has really put some growth on the bushes, hasn't it? Yeah, that has been uh, the upside. We have had some, you know, some some good wet weather and growth has been really good and the crop is looking very good for this coming autumn. So can we talk about the situation generally? 
because um, with the lockdown, what would it be now, 18 months or so ago, uh, the interest in gardening soared and there was quite a shortage of roses midsummer last year. Uh, has that situation improved at all? It has improved, we think. Yeah, um, demand has, has steadied, but we've still been incredibly um, busy and very positive that it looks like new gardeners that joined us when COVID hit have sort of stayed the course and have obviously got hooked. We've got we've had roses all this summer, uh, we're, but we're now running out because the crop we have in the field in autumn lasts us for the entire year. So obviously, the later it gets, the uh, less availability there is. So now, yeah, we are looking forward to autumn again. Uh, can you set out the rose growing program so that people understand it a bit? I mean, how long does it take? in the field to grow a rose? It probably takes a couple of years, really. So the winter of year one, we will plant the rootstocks. And that summer of year one, we bud the roses, which is selecting a bud from the variety that we want to grow and grafting it onto the rootstock. That happens in the summer of year one. And then that rose grows away right through the following summer and we're looking at those roses now in in year two and they're looking amazing and those roses are then lifted in autumn of the of the of the year that they're flowering in which is this autumn and those plants are sold either bare root in the autumn or we containerize them through the winter and they're ready for the following summer if you can imagine that. Yeah. If they're bare root, they'll be 18 months old. And if they're containers, they'll have another six months potted into the container to root out. So they'll be two years and more. Yeah, yeah, up to six months because they're available in a container really from the sort of late September onwards into the next year. Robert Wharton's father started in the business, must be a good few years ago now, more than I perhaps want to uh, think about. Uh, it was pretty well all bare root roses and now the switch is mostly to container isn't it it is yeah yeah so we have customers who buy bare root and sell bare root and we also have customers that buy bare root and pot them themselves to sell through the year but primarily most of our roses are sold in containers now i think it just it just suits people and the way they garden these days yeah. If it was your choice, which would you make? He said guardedly because I'm going to come on to our bed at Hyde Hall in just a little while. <laughs> well, as I am possibly a fair weather gardener, it probably <laughs> depends on what the weather's doing at the time. There's no reason why you can't plant a rose in autumn and it, it'll get away strongly bare, root, bare rooted and they're great value for money. Um but if the weather's a little bit inclement and you don't want to go outside, then there's no reason why you can't plant a potted rose in spring and get just as good results. So I think for me as a fair weather gardener, it really depends on what the weather's doing. And what's happening to the choice of cultivars? When I move out into other areas of the horticultural industry, the seed catalogues, the plant catalogues, generally speaking, there's a reduction in the number of different varieties and cultivars being offered. 
Well, I think there is a reduction as some of the older, uh, more traditional varieties fall to the wayside. And we are constantly looking for new, improved varieties because there's quite an active breeder community with roses. So there's continual development going around the health of roses. So we are seeing our range sort of constantly evolve where we're sort of losing some of the old varieties which are can be prone to disease and bringing in some of the newer varieties which are are really healthy and I think that's probably our biggest challenge because a lot of people know the older varieties because they would have had them you probably know them from their parents or grandparents gardens so for us the biggest challenge is to get the the new varieties out there and under people's noses. Because generally speaking a uh, really strong fragrance is often linked with a susceptibility to black spot. I'm thinking of roses like Prima Ballerina, you know, very nicely scented, but they could be leafless by this time of year. Yeah, and that is one of the challenges. And I think probably as people's gardens get smaller, every plant has really got to kind of stand up for itself. So you have to have plants that are looking good all the time because you can't sort of hide them in a bed somewhere and you can always see what's in your gardens. But what we are finding, though, is is breeders are now bringing more fragrance into their breeding programmes. For example, the Home Florist range of roses, they're really super healthy and they do have fragrance as well. So we are seeing breeders now that are combining both health and fragrance. But breeding takes time. I need to pick up on the charisma because I've planted eight of those bare root this spring in my own garden and and really the scent of those is just unbelievable. Yeah, it really, it is a a standout variety and we're really now seeing it getting some sort of traction in the marketplace and it is becoming very, very popular. So we're really pleased about that. And in that florist series, they are quite long-stemmed and very good for cutting. Yeah, they they are. Um, the other characteristic that they have is that they repeat flower as well. So when you do cut them to bring them inside, they quickly flower again. It's that sort of continual flowering, which is a, another characteristic that often breeders are looking for, that repeat flowering, so you get that length of flower. The demonstration bed, three metres by three metres, that uh, you helped us plant in late February in Floral Fantasia at the RHS Garden in Hyde Hall, that is currently unbelievable. I mean, it's in its second lot of flowering. Well, it hasn't really been out of flower. But you wouldn't believe that they were bare root in late February. Yeah, and I think actually that is the thing with roses and especially for newer gardeners, they will often, they'll see a rose in, you know, sort of autumn, you know, January, February, and it it just looks, it just looks like twigs. Um, But to get across that message that actually those twigs will be in full bloom that very same summer, it can be uh, a tricky message sometimes. So I think people have to have a bit of confidence in their abilities. <laughs> well, now we're hoping to duplicate that bed at the Gardener's World Live special exhibition in uh, Birmingham. You're growing those plants for us. How do things look? We're very pleased with the bush roses. We've been carefully trimming them so that there's going to be lots of colour. And the standards as well, I mean, they're looking 
amazing. They're perhaps looking a bit too amazing because they are full of flour, but there's bud to come. So we're, you know, carefully deadheading and they've been a bit more of a challenge, but they're looking good. Timing for these shows is everything, isn't it? And, and I can think of some of the old type roses wouldn't have had a bloom on them, would they, by the end of August? And possibly leaves as well. They probably have no leaves either. <laughs> now, can you tell us a, a little bit about another new plant that we've submitted as plant of the year for the Chelsea Flower Show in September? That, that's even later. The, the, you know, the end of September to be showing roses is getting a bit demanding. Yes, it is. But with the new Zepetti, it's not as demanding as you'd imagine because it's a compact little patio rose and it's really, really healthy. I mean, you can just look at it. The leaves are really sort of tough and green and they actually, they sort of hang on well into autumn and into winter, almost evergreen. But it's quite unique in the way that it, it flowers. So the flowers, they open really slowly and their petals are quite waxy. So they just hold really well and they hold their colour well. And because it's a bright red, almost like fire engine red, they sort of hold their colour and fade very slowly. So it just gives you the impression of colour over a huge length of time. And they're perfect in containers or as a low edge, you know, of sort of a garden border, you know, low maintenance. And great for anybody, you know, with a patio or just wants a little bit of colour outside their front door. It's, you know, perfect. Quite a, a departure for patio roses. So um, that was bred by Mayon in France. So we're excited to be bringing that to Chelsea. Hopefully it'll be shortlisted for the uh, plant of the year. Yes, we have, a, we have our fingers crossed in that respect. But, but when you said it was suitable to containers, uh, uh, that's another whole aspect of the rose growing world now, uh, isn't it? You know, you, you spoke about the need for disease resistance, for repeat flowering. Uh, are you subjecting the breeders to yet another request that they have to perform well in pots as well as out in the open <laughs> ground? Well, it, it's some and some because, I mean, yeah, it's great if a, a rose does do well in a pot, but, you know, roses come in all shapes and sizes. So something sometimes it's nice to have something a little bit bigger that will go at the back of a border uh, or in the middle of a border. So not everything can go in a pot, but it is certainly one of the things that we consider, especially because we do sell the majority of our roses in containers at the garden centre. So they do have to present themselves nicely as well. So that, you know, when, when people go in to look, they're looking good then as well. So it can be a challenge. Any tips or advice for people who have uh, roses in their garden or in pots now? What, what do they need to do in high summer and early autumn? Well, I think, you know, still keep feeding them with a, a foliar feed or we use um, Uncle Tom's tonic. Keep deadheading as well because um, that obviously keeps the, you know, keeps the flowers going. If they are in a, a container, keep them well watered. Sometimes it can be very obvious if it's been sunny that they will have dried out, but, you know, just keep an eye on them, keep them well watered. And I think the other thing as well is, especially if your roses are in a mixed bed, just if they have got a little bit of something on there, a little bit of mildew, just don't stress about it too much <laughs> because as long as the effect of the of the roses is, is nice don't get too hung up on a little bit of mildew which you can sometimes yeah. get in summer 
I think we ought to um, just say a little bit more about deadheading too because uh, some people will just walk through the garden and snap the head out. You need to be a little bit more demanding than that, don't you? Yes, you need to sort of perhaps take it down to the sort of second leaf below the flower if that makes sense, it's quite difficult without yeah. uh, being able to see it. But yeah, you yeah, just so that you're sort of um, yeah taking a flower and a bit of stalk off rather than just snapping the head out. I usually run my eye down the stem, and there'll be a smallish sort of leaf, and then there'll be a slightly bigger leaf. And when you get about the third leaf down, you can even see a little tiny bud where the leaf stalk joins the stem. And if you can cut off at that point, and then they break beautifully from the bottom, yeah. Are your favourites? If you were going to plant two or three bush roses in the garden now, or you would order them now perhaps for... um, delivery and planting in the autumn what would they be i would definitely choose timeless pink which is one of the home florist ranges which is fragrant and repeat flowers i would definitely choose that one i would choose a new flower carpet rose we've got actually new for this autumn called cherry which is like a ground cover rose so you know that that's good for sort of filling filling a gap so I would choose that one and then what about a climber well let me think I think I would choose scent from heaven I've not actually got one in my garden at the moment so so that's one good reason to choose it um but the fragrance of that is amazing lovely fragrance a lovely sort of yellowy peachy color um uh, bred by Chris Warner so a UK breeder yeah we had Chris we had Chris as an interviewee recently what an enthusiast he is yes, yes. yeah how would scent from heaven compare to compassion Compassion, I have quite a soft spot for because as a climber, you can actually cut roses with a long enough stem to bring indoors. That repeat flowers pretty well. And I would say it would compare well, perhaps a bit more compact. Right. And probably does have the um, edge with health, I think. Uh, Joe, thank you very much for being with us today. I look forward to meeting up. At the NEC, let's hope the weather is kind for all of us because we're outside. You know, I hate exhibiting at flower shows outside and being um, at the risk of the weather. So bring a brolly. Yeah, yeah, and a sun hat, thinking positively. So, (laughs) So thank you for inviting me along this afternoon. And our thought for the week from Jenny Uglow. We may think we're nurturing our garden, but of course it's our garden that is really nurturing us. It's difficult to argue against that. So out I must go and get nurtured. (laughs) Hope you can join us next week. Goodbye. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants, Pershaw, Worcestershire. To my producer, Rich Jarman, and of course to you for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> 